0: hello hello welcome back to the podcast i hope you're having a good wednesday or a good day whenever you're listening to this i just ate three slices of toast with butter and i kind of forgot how good it was oh my gosh i like melt not melted the butter but i left it out for 30 minutes before i made the toast and it spread so well And the trick is I've been putting a little bit of salt on top, which is maybe obvious, but I didn't realize that, but it makes the flavor just come out more. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I guess I just need to tell someone about that because sourdough bread with butter that's toasted can literally get it any, anything, any day, every day. (laughs) Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Ava. If you're new here, Ava Jules, I'm the host and I have no one with me today because I never really do. (laughs) I really love doing guest episodes, but I also love just sitting here by myself and talking to you because it feels a little bit like therapy. I also don't really have a social job, and so this is my version of human interaction. Unfortunately, you cannot talk back to me, but just the fact that I know you're listening (laughs) brings a lot of comfort to me. I'm really excited for today's episode because we are doing advice sesh number 10, which is so wild that... I've done nine of these already. That's quite a lot of advice to give out. I don't know how good the advice always is. I mean, everyone's opinions are different on things, but it's wild to think I've given out that much advice over the past year of this podcast. And I'm honestly really curious to know if anyone who's ever written in their questions and I've answered them, I wonder if anyone's actually taken the advice. If you have, can you please write a testimony? Unless you did take it and then you didn't like the result. But like, if it was a good result, please... (laughs) let me know. I love these kinds of episodes because we end up talking about a lot of different topics and I just ask on the podcast Instagram what you guys need advice on and you always pull through. So I'll answer some questions, a lot of questions in today's episode, which is number 10. So, you know, we got to go all out. My one true credibility with episodes like this and giving out advice Is that my advice is so good. I don't even take it myself sometimes. (laughs) So that's how you know. That's how you know. I feel like that always happens with friends when they're asking for advice about whatever topic it is, boys or life, and I spit out some fire answer and then I'm like, "Mm, have I ever actually done that or listened to that? No, I wish I did because it would probably be super beneficial and there's a reason I'm saying it, but not me. Sometimes sometimes I will, but most of the time I'm like, Nah. Uh, we're just gonna rough it out, (laughs) but maybe I think that's my goal I'm gonna make that a goal for myself to start taking my own advice with things as usual with these episodes I will say one thing before we get started. These are one person's opinions mine Based off of my own thoughts and opinions and experiences. So you're allowed to do whatever you want But sometimes it's just nice to hear another perspective So that being said I'm not gonna dilly-dally here and rant on and on about different things that I could because sometimes I do that (laughs) but we're just going to hop straight into advice session number 10. Crazy. Double digits. Let's get into it. Advice for getting rid of nerves before a first date. Don't do this a lot. I totally get that. First dates can be so nerve-wracking, but something that I think would be really helpful is to flip your mindset set and be like, you know what? Let's take the pressure off of this. Maybe I'll end up dating them. Maybe I won't. Let's have some fun with it. Tell yourself that you're going to have a good story to come out of it, whether the date goes well or it goes bad poorly either way you're gonna have some tea to spill with your friends so that's exciting look at it like that and honestly there's a lot of different approaches you can take with a first date you could either one fully just be yourself which is obviously amazing and fun and lead with your confidence even if you're not feeling confident because you're nervous just fake it because they're there because obviously they have interest in you and so instead of thinking about it like how can I impress them ask yourself how can they impress me Like, it's like a little interview situation. Well, not really. I mean, it depends what you're doing on your first date, but you could either do that, or if you're feeling wild and you don't necessarily think that this is someone that you're going to end up with, or you're just in a silly, goofy mood, you could literally play a different character. I don't know if that's helpful, but for some people, they go on first dates a lot and they date a lot. And so it's not as much of a serious thing. I feel like. If you're someone who doesn't go on a lot of dates and meeting a lot of new people, one, that's fine. Either way is literally fine. Everyone's different. I haven't gone on that many dates myself, but I feel like more so if you're in the mindset of, I'm just doing this to have fun because why not? You could quite literally play a role (laughs) and like, I don't know, have fun with it. Make stuff up about yourself. Like this kind of only works. This could be very bad advice if you think this is someone you want to get to know more and will go on other dates with, but if it's very casual... You could literally play a role, pick a character, pick some kind of persona you want to have and go with it. I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but I used to have this really bad tendency when I would meet people, I would make up stories and like talk about things that did not happen and just fully go with it. Could you get caught in that lie? Yes, that's kind of what makes it exhilarating. And I also knew that it was just for fun and it wasn't really going to go anywhere. So that was my approach. (laughs) But based on the question, her saying she doesn't do this a lot, Maybe it's a first date where you want to take it seriously. I get it. Nerves, honestly, nerves just mean you're excited. And I think that's a really fun feeling to have. So just go with it. You're going to be nervous either way. Like I said, they're there for you. So you just have to be yourself. And it's really hard to be yourself when you're nervous. But I think you just have to take a deep breath before you walk into that first date and be like, I'm an amazing person. I know I'm awesome. And if they like me, great. If they don't, that sucks for them. Prior to the date, when you're getting ready, play some good hype up music, get yourself feeling confident when you're getting ready, you make it a whole event. And then when you're on your way, if you're in an Uber, put in some headphones or earbuds, whatever, or if you're driving, keep playing good music, keep the vibes going. And honestly, just frame it like this is a fun experience. This is experience that is either going to lead. Okay. Maybe I'll marry this person. Maybe I won't either way. It's going to be a fun story. Should I judge someone based on what I've heard about them from other people? ooh, this is a very interesting question. I feel like there's different ways to approach this. I feel like my knee-jerk reaction is to say no because sometimes what other people say about someone is a reflection of the person that's kind of like talking shit. And so maybe they have their own personal issue. I mean, but there's also certain circumstances where someone tells you a story about someone that they're bad or they suck or some bad story about them. And it's true. But I will say... Every person has a different experience with someone. For example, someone that maybe caught you on a bad day, or someone that just doesn't like you because you can't make everyone like you, and there's always gonna be someone who doesn't like you out there. Someone could tell other people that you're the worst and like you're not friendly or whatever it is. And then there's someone else, and their experience with you is that you're the best person ever. You're so fun to be around, they love your energy. Everyone has different experiences with different people. And it's just wild to think about because to one person, you might be the villain of their story and to another person, you might be their hero. In my experience, when someone has told me things about another person prior to me meeting them, it does put a weird feeling in your head about that person, but that's not really fair to the other person. I do think some people deserve, I think everyone kind of deserves, you know, for the most part, certain circumstances, like if someone is genuinely awful and does bad things, that's one thing. But in general, everyone deserves to make their own impression on you. And your experience with one person may be totally different than someone else's experience with them. While you can take note of what someone has to say about another person, I don't think you should entirely judge their character because that's not totally fair. You wouldn't want someone to do that to you. I think people deserve a chance to make their own impression on you and for you to make your own thoughts about them, not have someone else, you know, put something in your ear about them because that wouldn't be super fair. How to stop comparing yourself to other girls and women. This is an issue I think... So many of us, if not like all of us, honestly have because social media completely amplifies comparison and makes it so easy to compare yourself to people that you would never know about, never see if it weren't for social media. And there's pros and cons to everything, just like there's pros and cons to social media. But it's really not normal how much of an access we have to so many people in the world with social media. Like that's not a normal human experience up until nowadays, up until this generation. It was one thing back in the day... Oh, gosh. I was, in my head, I was thinking way back in the day. I'm like, you know, in your village when hunters and gatherers were a thing and like men went off to go find food in the forest for their family and like lived in caves, there might have been one other woman in the village that you compared yourself to, but this is that's going way back. I'm talking even 10, 15 years ago when social media didn't exist you would compare yourself to people like your peers in school or your workplace. But now with social media, it's like you could literally see thousands of different people that you would never see with one click of a button. And so I do think social media plays a role in that. It obviously does come down to us to kind of work through that. But for me, what has helped me a lot with comparison is knowing that one, someone else's beauty doesn't take away from your own. And there's not this set amount of beauty in the world where it will run out. There's room for everybody. There's different types of beautiful. Everyone's beautiful in their own ways. And if you just start nitpicking at yourself, it's going to lead down a really bad road because you can always look at someone else and think they're perfect and then start comparing yourself. I think when it gets slippery is when you have that initial thought of like, wow, they're beautiful. And then You go to stalk the rest of their Instagram page. You look through all of their photos and you just keep doom scrolling, going down that rabbit hole. If you feel yourself starting to compare yourself to someone else, cut it off at the source and just swipe away. Like it's that easy with social media. If you see something you don't like, or that makes you feel a certain way, you can literally close the app, go to someone else's page or just scroll to something else. Also, I think it's knowing that life isn't a competition. Looks aren't a competition. Success isn't a competition. You're not in competition with someone else unless you put it in your head that you are. And if you do, you're just going to constantly compare and see how other people are doing. The only person you should compare yourself to is yourself, the person you were. And I mean, then again, even that can get (laughs) slippery too. But in terms of doing it with other people, I feel like another thing that has really helped me is working on my own self-confidence, working on the love that I give to myself, And working on that inherently translated to me not comparing myself to others as often. That's something I used to do a lot. It's something I really used to struggle with, with my body, especially looking at other people on Instagram and being like, why don't I look like that? And at the end of the day, once I started working on myself, I realized that I am who I am, who I am is great, and I'll never be happy with myself if I keep doing that and comparing myself to other people, other girls, other women, and instead of negatively comparing myself I would use other people to inspire me and be like, wow, they succeeded that, they achieved this certain thing, then that means that I could do that too. If someone else can do it, so can I. Even that simple little shift of looking at someone else as inspiration instead of someone that I compare myself to has helped greatly. I feel like during my years of school, I was always writing a paper and it felt never ending. And I'll admit there were definitely times maybe I didn't look over my work or double check for, you know, spelling and grammar errors. I'm pretty sure it's because I was lazy. And I think having some type of spell check or writing assistant really could have made my life so much easier. And luckily for us, luckily that we know this now, it does exist. Grammarly is an AI powered start to finish writing assistant that helps you come up with ideas, sharpen your voice, and improve your writing. It's a no brainer for students. And even in my life now, I use it so much when I'm writing emails. And the emails I write aren't silly little like love letters, these are professional business emails. And so, Grammarly has genuinely helped me so much. I personally love using Grammarly when I'm emailing people, and I'm always emailing someone. It's either from my own team, different brands I'm working with, whoever it is, setting up a business deal. I can't just be talking in, you know, (laughs) like how I text my friends. It's different. And so Grammarly is super, super helpful. The world never has to know, other than you listening, that Grammarly makes me sound so professional. Do I talk like that in real life? No. But for me, when I'm communicating with people online, it's important to me. So Grammarly has helped immensely. I know so many of you are going back to school and this will be the perfect tool for you. You'll wonder how you ever lived without Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash students to download and learn more about Grammarly. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot slash s t-u-d-e-n-t-s, grammarly.com slash students. I'm moving in with two girls that I don't know. How do I let them know I want to be friends with them? I think you can just be super open and be like, hey, do you guys want to go get dinner together? Be super welcoming and inviting, putting out that energy of just being very approachable. I feel like sometimes when you meet some people or meet someone that you don't know, it's very easy to shell yourself in. And that's something that I used to do. And I feel like that didn't make me seem approachable. And so I was like, oh, why is it hard for me to make friends? It's because I didn't really feel approachable because I was just so nervous and I had social anxiety. So that played a lot into it. But I feel like you could take the initiative to make plans, be nice, be open, and hopefully they'll reciprocate that energy with you. But I think you just have to put that that energy out there for yourself. How do you break the cycle of going back to someone who you know isn't going to help you grow? You got to cut the cycle off. You got to stop the cycle today or the loop will keep repeating. And the longer the loop, the cycle keeps repeating, the harder it's going to be to stop. Even if you're years deep, let's say into a situation ship it's better being years deep than like your lifetime deep. It's always harder to cut off something that isn't good for you the longer you let it go because you'll just keep making excuses, but it comes down to you. I know it's hard, but you have to do it for yourself. You have to do it for future you. This is what I'm talking about. This is advice that I wish I would have taken years ago, just like going back to something that wasn't beneficial for me that was negatively impacting me in the way I saw myself and just tore me down, I wish I could just tell myself, like, no one else can stop this for you. You have to do it yourself and it's the hardest thing, but once you do it and you see the other side, it makes it the easiest thing you've ever done. Topics to talk about on first dates. Back to the first dates topic. You know what? I feel like there's the obvious ones, but that gets boring and it's like let's spice things up So off the top of my head some random things you could ask someone if money didn't matter money was out of the question What would you want to do with the rest of your life? That could spark some fun Topics about what they're passionate about. That's interesting Or if you really want to go off the deep end and really get into their head here You could ask them when you have thoughts going through your head do you hear your thoughts in your voice or does it not have a voice? Like, what does a voice in your head sound like? <laughs> Similar to that, if they like reading, ask them if they like reading first. And if they do, be like, when you're reading are you reading the words on the page or are you creating this mental image of what the words are saying? Like, are you reading a book as if it's a movie and you can literally see it happening and you make up what the characters look like and you can see the scenery? Like, what goes on when you read a book? You could ask them about their favorite people in their life. I feel like that would be a good conversation to see who's important to them and why they're important to them. And if you're really trying to dig into their head here, you could ask, how do you feel like, people around you perceive you or the world perceives you and how do you perceive yourself like how is it different than you perceive yourself Huh, oh, those are good questions how to separate <laughs> this is funny how to separate your real relationship and fantasy novels good question crickets <laughs> i feel like when you're in the middle of reading a really riveting good romance book the boy character is just seems like the perfect kind of guy <laughs> and you finish the book, that's kind of when you're like, oh shit, that was a book. You're not real. Damn it. But when you're in the middle of it and you can't differentiate your real relationship and the boy in the fantasy novel, that, that could be a little bit of an issue. It's an issue if you're not super happy with your partner and you're comparing him to the boy in the novel because, you know, books are unfortunately, like fiction books are obviously fictional. It's easy to wish that the person that you're with were more like, whoever you're reading about in a book, I'm very grateful that I feel like I go, maybe I actually manifested Micah by reading so many good books about these just fantastic men. And I was like, I want that. So now I'm here, which is, that's cool. But this is new. I actually don't know how to answer that question. Uh, You just have to know that what's in front of you with your partner is real and what you're reading is not. But that's honestly really sad (laughs) to think about. I'm like, I want books to be real. What do you mean these are not real people? Terrible. My boyfriend friend and I all agreed to live together after graduation in New York But i'm now realizing that I just want to be with my family back home for at least a year And i'm afraid that it'll cause my boyfriend and I to break up if I tell him I don't know what to do If you're having these feelings already I feel like you have to stay true to what you're feeling and honor that I know it's scary because you're like what if this happens but one Assume the best don't only assume the worst and the worst being that you break up It could be the best thing to do for your relationship. But part of me feels like if that were to cause you and your boyfriend to break up, that would almost be a sign of like, okay, he doesn't understand my boundaries with this and doesn't understand where I'm coming from. Then it's not just, then it's not meant to be with him, which would suck, obviously, and that would really hurt. But with anything in life, you shouldn't go against what you want to do because of someone else's feelings. That'll only lead to you being upset with yourself, wishing you had spoken up, you know. That feeling of being like, oh, I wish I listened to myself or I knew I shouldn't have gone through with this. And you don't want to do that. Just nip it in the bud. That'll definitely be a hard conversation to have, or it might not. You never know how he's going to react. But I think if you explain it from your side and explain how you're feeling, then the person that you're with should understand that. How to be a good conversationalist. You know what I really feel like it comes down to? Not just only hearing what someone else is talking about, but actually listening to them. I used to do this thing where I'd be in conversation with someone and I'd be so anxious about it, especially if it was someone I wasn't super familiar with or comfortable with yet. And instead of listening to them and really hearing what they have to say and thinking about it, (laughs) I would do this thing where I would just be thinking about the next thing that I was going to ask or what I was going to say in return because I was so anxious to the point that I don't want to have nothing to say. So I would pre-plan it, but then me living in my head like that and just feeding into those thoughts didn't make me super present in the moment. So instead of worrying about what you're going to say back, really listen to them, hear what they have to say, and go from there. Because I feel like when you actually listen to someone and when someone feels like you're listening to them and you're asking good follow-up questions, stuff like that, it really, really makes a difference. So me switching from being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say next? I don't even worry about that anymore. I just really listen to the person. And then I just go from there. And it's made things a lot easier. How to make time for fun when I'm always busy. Ooh, this is a good question. I feel like when you're super busy, it's easy to feel like you have no breaks or there's no time to socialize or do whatever you want to do. Literally put it into your schedule and make it a non-negotiable because you put other things into your Google calendar or your planner, the work you have to do, the schoolwork you have to get done, do the same for downtime, do the same for rest, and do the same for fun stuff. Not being fearful of losing your partner when in a healthy relationship. First of all, I just want to say this is really normal to have, especially if you just have had bad prior experiences or past relationship stuff that comes up in your current relationship. I totally get it. It's such a valid thing that you're feeling. What I feel like helps me the most, instead of worrying about all the what ifs, what if this happens, what if he does this, there's a million what ifs and there always will be. Worry about what is. What is real? What's in front of you? What's actually happening? What ifs are endless, but what is... Is apparent right in front of you. Like it's what's real, it's what's true. While I do think it's good to be open in a relationship and communicate your feelings, that's obviously so important. I do feel like it could get to a point where it's like, okay, what's really going on here? You don't want to ruin your relationship with your own overthinking. It's very self sabotaging to do that. And that's something that I've realized and that I've been working on. So I totally am there with you in that. I feel like when you're in a healthy relationship, it will bring out different things inside of you that you didn't realize you had to work on before. Healthy relationships are healing relationships. And I promise you it won't be like that forever. Worry about what's in front of you. Worry about what is. I feel like when it comes to stuff like this, when you're feeling this way in your relationship, you have to work on it yourself. It's not necessarily something your partner can help you with because they could give you all the reassurance in the world. But if you're not actually going to do the work yourself to heal whatever part of you is hurting and is taking it out on the relationship and worrying, that'll just make your relationship even harder when it doesn't have to be. So for example, when you're worrying about something, having these negative thoughts in your head, literally tell yourself, stop spiraling. You literally have to like stop yourself. Stop doing that. When I get in those moods with whatever it is in life and I start spiraling about a certain thing. I have to actually genuinely tell myself in my head, I'm like, stop that, shut up. Like, thoughts are just thoughts. I'm not gonna let these control me. You feel these negative thoughts swirling in your head, these fearful thoughts, these anxious thoughts, and instead of letting them consume you, you can be like, okay, yeah, this is happening, but not today and not tomorrow, (laughs) not ever, (laughs) like, stop. Something that I was talking about with my therapist that was very profound to me, we were just talking about how what's gonna happen in a relationship is gonna happen it's out of your control. For example, if you're fearful that your partner is cheating on you or you're worried that he might cheat on you one day, you worrying about it is not going to change what happens. Don't worry about stuff like that unless it happens. When you start letting things that aren't even real, like your thoughts, control your life, you're making them real into your head when it's not, it's not real. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a lot of us listening know, being in your twenties can be very interesting to say the least, it can feel super overwhelming yet freeing at the same time. Everyone is at different stages of their life. We're dealing with changes and decisions around our career, relationships, friendships, living situations, and so much more. It's so easy to compare. I know I've struggled with this, especially in the world of social media, but something that has helped me stay grounded during moments like this is therapy. Therapy has helped me so much in my own life. And I think if there's one thing I've learned while being in my 20s so far, it's to trust yourself, trust that you're making the right decisions and that you're on the right path, even when it might feel like you're not. Therapy definitely helps me feel confident in all these life choices and decisions and helping me to just understand myself a lot better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Therapy shouldn't have to be a daunting task, so BetterHelp makes it easy. It's done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All it takes is a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I know it can be scary at first, but taking that step is something that I'm so glad that I did personally. I know what it's like to feel scared to go in and do that, but you're doing it for you, and that's such a good feeling. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com mind today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com mind. Is laser hair removal worth it? How much do you pay? How many sessions do you have? I just did a little vlog of a laser appointment. If you want to see that, I kind of broke down what I get done and I talked about it a little bit. It's on my Instagram reels and it's also on my TikTok if you want to see, but to break it down for you, my first experience with laser was back in high school. I got my arms done. You would literally never know, which is so crazy about laser. I used to have very hairy arms and that was totally fine. Like I didn't really mind, but that's just something that I wanted to get done for myself. And so I did. I do want to say before I continue with this if you like body hair, you don't mind body hair, that's great, that's fine. And if you like to shave, you like to get laser, that's great, that's fine. You're entitled to do what you want with your own body, obviously. I think for my arms, I did six sessions. It takes anywhere from six to eight to like 10. Everyone's genetics are different with how hair grows back. Also, hormones play a big role. So, like one day when you get pregnant, you could grow hair in certain places again. Anyway, I think I got six sessions done on my arms and they've been hairless ever since which is so crazy to me how that works I also got my armpits done I wanted to do that for myself for a really long time and I paid out of pocket At the time, I think I spent like a thousand dollars or something. It really depends on where you go There's a lot of different places that offer it. I go to laser away now, which is really popular But I know some dermatology like some dermatologists offer that you kind of just have to do some research, but I really like Laser Away. They do offer me free services, which is really nice of them, but I actually really, really enjoy the ambiance and I just feel like I'm very comfortable there, which is good. So I'm really enjoying going to them. That's who I go to now. And now I'm getting my legs done, my bikini done. I get my happy trail done. I'm still getting my armpits done because those, hair, those hairs are a little more persistent. And so I'm still getting those done, but I will say that is something that I... Never regretted spending money on it was so much up front and it felt like a lot Given I don't even know if you have to do it all up front depends on the place You could do it per session And also different areas of your body cost more or less depending on how big or small of an area you're doing But to me it is worth every penny shaving is something that used to really piss me off It took so long and it was just so irritating And I was just so tired of doing it for me Especially the bikini line because i'm obviously in a swimsuit a lot And I just hated shaving my bikini line so often because it would get razor bumps. I would get ingrown hairs and it just made me feel very insecure. And lasering has completely eliminated that whole issue. When the hair does grow back, it's very thin now and a lot more manageable. Hopefully it'll be fully gone soon, but I don't get razor bumps anymore. I don't have to worry about that. And it just feels so good. It's helped with my confidence so much. So that's why I feel like it's really worth it. Also everyone's pain tolerance with it is super different. Some people, don't even feel anything other people it might hurt a little bit. I will say I remember at a place I went to before they offered numbing cream for my arms. I remember doing that now so that helped but nowadays like laser way they have this machine it connects on top of the laser and it blows out extremely cold air so I don't even use numbing cream anymore there are more sensitive areas than others like the bikini line at first was very sensitive it wasn't painful to the point that like I couldn't do it laser. The thing about it is that it's quote unquote painful depending on what kind of pain you feel while it's getting done and then after it's nothing. So it's like just during and areas like your armpits or your bikini area, even though it is more sensitive, you just know that you have a few more seconds. Like it takes 20 to 30 seconds to do each area, which is tolerable. I also noticed that at different points in my menstrual cycle, it will also affect the pain levels. There was one point, I think it was like a few days before my period and it definitely was a little more spicy than other times. And she was explaining that that's just what happens during different times of your cycle. So there are a lot of different variables like that, your genetics. Like I said, some people are like, don't even feel anything. I feel a little bit, but like even when I'm on my stomach, getting the back of my legs done, I have fully fallen asleep. Like I've taken a nap, which is really quite a concept. But to kind of explain what a laser feels like, even though it feels a little bit different for everybody, I would explain it as like little hot, oil splashes, you know, when you're cooking something in a pan and like little oil splatters on you and it doesn't hurt, but it's like, Oh, that's a little bit hot. And then it goes away right after it's kind of like that. Or it's like taking a elastic rubber band and like snapping it against your skin. Tolerable, nothing crazy. Again, everyone's different, but I've had really good experiences with it. So that's something that I will always recommend. I will vouch for laser. If you're someone who's tired of shaving And you just don't want to ever worry about it. It helps so much. Even with one session, you'll notice a difference. But obviously, if you do a whole package and you keep going more, it'll be less and less until there's nothing. So I think it's great. What are some fun activities to do without alcohol with your significant other? Great question. You could grab some things at a grocery store, grab whatever you have at home, bring a picnic blanket, go to a park, go to a beach, go to a lake, whatever is nearby you that's outside. Go for a little picnic if you want to spice it up bring a coloring book, or you could just bring a piece of paper and paint it. You could have a little painting date. You could literally play games, like bring physical games and play a little one-on-one game. Doing any outdoor activity is fun, whether it's going on a walk going on a hike, something like that, maybe going to an arcade, that, I don't know why that sounds like my dream date night, like I just wanna go play games, that sounds so fun. You could even make up your own game, like going to the grocery store together, separating in the grocery store, picking up random ingredients and then going home, seeing what each other got and then make a meal out of the ingredients that you got. Sometimes you just have to get creative. Look up events that are happening in your city or a neighboring city anything in your area I think like especially during this time of year Summertime even though it's like end of summer now, but there's a lot of events going on in cities So I feel like it's a good time to see what's going on around you How to live in your individuality while being in a long-term relationship. I love this question I think it's something i've kind of touched on here and there But having your own life in a relationship is so important. It's so important to build on your individuality while also building your relationship, but it's definitely two separate things. While it's easy to spend all your time with your partner, it's good to be intentional about having time for your own life, for yourself, for your own friends, doing things that maybe your partner doesn't want to do. That doesn't mean that you don't have to do it because they don't want to do it. Like, say your partner doesn't want to go ride bikes. Okay. If you want to ride bikes, go ask a friend and go like rent some bikes and ride them together, or go by yourself. I think having your own interests and your own hobbies is so important. Because that's your own thing that you get to do. That's your time when you spend 24 7 with someone And you don't pour into yourself and the people in your life It keeps things interesting between a partnership and a relationship When you both have separate things going on because then you can talk about it ask them about it And I feel like it really comes down to putting in the effort to do that Like I said, it's so easy and obviously you want to spend a lot of time with your partner But don't neglect yourself. Don't neglect your friends I think in most successful, happy, long-term relationships, people that end up living happily ever after have their own lives outside of the relationship. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you and that person have to do every single thing together. You are two individuals in one relationship. You can work on the relationship together and also work on yourselves separately. What to do when your best friend gets too comfortable with you? and makes rude or condescending comments. Oof. This one is tough, but we can make things simple. And this is something that I have learned to do because speaking up for yourself is very important. Even if someone's your friend, that doesn't give someone or anyone in your life, family, partner, friend, that doesn't give them an excuse to be rude to you. Obviously, there's a difference between being outright mean and like constructive criticism. But if someone's being genuinely mean to you, I think you could keep it as simple as, I don't appreciate you saying stuff like that to me like even something as simple as that can make the world of a difference because if someone said that to me it would really make me stop in my tracks and be like oh wait that was actually really uncool i'm so sorry like if someone spoke up like that that would really make me think about what i said sometimes people just aren't really aware and they might just say something not because their intentions are to be rude and because they're a bad person but You know it happens i think bringing it to their attention and letting them know that you don't like the way this makes you feel you don't appreciate them talking to you like that i feel like could do the trick this episode is sponsored by squarespace working remotely has changed our lives completely i know for me it has many pros like getting to create a good work-life balance but don't get me wrong It also has its cons, it can feel lonely, it can be hard to find the tools and resources to help you succeed, but that part is where Squarespace can help. Let's say you wanna start selling products on an online store, whether it's physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online, or maybe you wanna drive sales and engage your audience with email campaigns, With Squarespace, you can easily collect email subscribers on your site and build connections, or you want to use analytics to grow your business. Squarespace can help with that too. Learn all about where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. I've used Squarespace before and really liked it. I had to make a website for a school project that I was doing, and I'm not a whiz with creating sites, so Squarespace helped me create a super aesthetically pleasing and good website I ended up getting an A, if you were wondering. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform that can help you succeed online, create nice websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content. It's all in one place and on your terms. Squarespace truly has it all. So no matter what your goals are, Squarespace can help you succeed. I know a lot of you listening are entrepreneurs. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com mind to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And I can't wait to see what you create how to save money and overcome shopping addiction That's a good question because recently I like went on a little bit of a bender with shopping And like once I started I just couldn't stop and it it's like apple pay makes it so easy with two clicks boom It's purchased that's a cycle that i've tried to break so many different times like there's periods where i'm very intentional about being intentional about what i'm buying And so something that's really helped me, if I see something on a whim and I'm like, ooh, I want that, say it's a TikTok product, someone on TikTok is wearing something and you're like, I need that, go to Safari, search it up, find the product, look at it, ask yourself, do I genuinely need this? If your answer is yes, leave it there. Do not buy it right in the moment. The times that I've done this have been so successful because I'll leave that tab open and then when I check my Safari tabs like a week later or even a few days later, I'm like, I don't even want that anymore. That was just such an impulse buy. And I feel like a lot of my shopping habits come from impulsive purchases, which I'm trying to stop very actively. And so letting things simmer before you buy it, I feel like is a really good approach. And let's say you do want it a week later. If you give it a week, I feel like that's a good enough time for you to kind of come down from that excitement of, oh my gosh, I want this. Then you'll know. And if you really want it, then get it. But I think even just asking yourself, is this something I really need? Is this something I'm actually going to use? Ask yourself those questions. It's easy to get into a frenzy of like, oh my gosh, someone else has this. I want to have it. But then that's when you just end up things that you don't even like that much or like don't even care to have. Just because you saw it, you got excited about it, and then you impulse purchased. How to let go of opportunities that don't work out. Knowing that it wasn't meant for you. If it didn't work out, what's meant for you will work out for you. And I So strongly believe that, and that's brought me so much peace. I've said it before, I'll say it again rejection is redirection. And if something is meant to be for you, you won't be able to mess that up because it's meant to be yours. You can't force something to be yours. Like if an opportunity didn't happen, you can't force those things. And you just have to believe that it's because you're being redirected into something else. My boyfriend isn't super romantic, and I'm feeling like I always ask him things first, like, How's your day? I feel like when it comes to stuff like this, voice how you feel. That's very important. People can't read your mind. And some people, given, are more romantic and thoughtful than others. And if that's something that's important to you and you voice that and they don't do it, that's when it becomes a problem. The problem is not that he's not naturally super romantic because maybe he just wasn't brought up around that energy. Everyone's different. I feel like it becomes an issue if you voiced that opinion or not opinion, you voiced that need you voice something that matters to you and they ignore it or don't make the effort to do it, I feel like that is kind of a sign of like, okay, is this not what you want then? Because for me, the whole saying of if he wanted to, he would, sometimes that's true, but other times, sometimes they just don't know. You can't expect someone to know exactly what you want, exactly what you need and desire and what fulfills you. It becomes a lack of disrespect for you and when you are open about those things and then they choose not to do it because then they're aware of it How to prevent the roommate stage with my boyfriend great question I think I can give proper advice on this because I live with my boyfriend now But I really feel like it comes down to putting in the energy to have quality time with each other Just because you live with someone doesn't mean that you guys coexisting with each other means that's quality time I think being very intentional i'm saying intentional a lot in this podcast episode Because that's what a lot of things come down to, is being intentional about it. And essentially, intentional means that you're making very clear, deliberate choices, doing things with actual thought and effort behind it. I feel like it really is important to still go on dates. Even if you live with your partner, I think planning date nights is so important. You can figure out how many times a week or a month works for you both. But having that quality time together is so, so important because that can be easily just shoved under the rug because you're spending so much time together now. It's like you don't have to put in the effort anymore because now you live together. That's not how it works. You still have to pour into a relationship in order for it to grow. And something as simple as planning a date night, doing something together that you both enjoy really makes a difference. I also think understanding what each other's version of quality time looks like is very important because let's say for you... Quality time means going out to dinner with them and enjoying a meal together, having good conversation, but to them, quality time could be like sitting on the couch and watching a show together. That doesn't mean one's right or wrong, but it's important to know how the other person feels about quality time because then you can know how the other person feels about it and cater to those needs because you want to cater to both sides, obviously, and keep the relationship healthy and growing I'm only one month into living with my partner i'm sure i'll have more advice as the time comes but i think that's been the biggest thing that i've learned so far to avoid that roommate stage how to not always check up on what your ex is up to i think i'm over him but i'm curious valid you can be over someone and be curious i get it curiosity kills the cat (laughs) like isn't that a saying don't check there's nothing you need to know nothing that will genuinely make you feel good like You'll always feel shitty after, like, say you stalk your ex or whatever. I've seen so many of my friends do it. So that's why I get it because I see so many of my friends fall into that trap of, like, let me just see what he's up to. And then it just turns into this whole spiral. Don't let yourself click on the Instagram. Don't ask how they're doing. Your ex is for a reason. It really comes down to having the willpower and the strength to not check. And the moment you do let yourself check is the moment that you're just, like, you feel like shit because you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, what was the point? just made me feel horrible. And something like that is so avoidable. And it's in your power. Like, it is totally in your power to not look. If you exercise that power to not look, it'll just get easier over time. Like, the more, when you think about it, you go to reach for Instagram and you don't do it, automatically, you're gonna boost yourself up to keep on not doing it. But then again, on the other hand, it's like, the more you check and the more you just let yourself do it, it's gonna be harder to stop. So it might be hard to resist those urges, but once you start to resist them more, it'll get easier. So you just have to do it. Like I wish I could be there in person to be like throwing your phone across the room and being like, absolutely not, not today. And then it'll leave your train of thought and you know what, Like you'll move on with the rest of your day. Like if it's a fleeting thought, just let it come, let it go, don't act on it. You don't have to act on all of your impulsive (laughs) thoughts. How do you deal with hustle culture? I really like this question. I feel like a lot of us feel this, whether it's hustle culture from the internet, a coworker, a friend, sometimes it can feel like you're not doing enough if someone else around you is and just has a different work ethic and that's okay. Everyone's so different when it comes to stuff like this and that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. Also, just because someone has good work ethic doesn't mean that they're participating in like hustle culture. I feel like hustle culture, I'm trying to think about what it really means. It's that like toxic productivity and like always just doing more, 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 which like I said, some people are just like that and that's totally fine. But if you're not and you feel guilty about not being like that, that's just who you are and that's okay. You probably have great balance in your life and you have time for other things, which some people who don't know how to separate their work life from their regular life, they don't have as much. And so personally, when I'm around someone who kind of has that hustle culture kind of energy, maybe even just like a very hard work ethic, that's like not my style. And I know that. And it's like, that's just not who I am. I'm not going to feel bad about it. I really love balance in my life. I like being able to turn it off. I don't want to be go, go, go. I'm not always like work oriented where I'm like, what's the next best thing? How how can I go viral next? How can I you know do this, do that? I'm very goal oriented and I do have goals for myself, but I feel like I don't get to the point where it takes over my life. I don't want it to take over my life personally. So my advice is let other people do their thing and do your thing. All right, last question I'm gonna answer, being consistent with new habits. I feel like sometimes it can be hard when you add new habits into your routines because you're not used to it. I feel like it comes down to being ritualistic about it in a sense that you don't skip them. Sometimes it's hard because you forget because you're trying to implement new ones, Write them down somewhere. If it's part of your morning routine, write down list by list, like list out your entire morning routine and refer to it. And then once it starts becoming a habit, it'll just become second nature. But when you're starting new habits, it's not your second nature to. So make it easy for yourself. Make it obvious, whether that's writing down, whether that's, say, you want the habit of going on a walk or like working out first thing in the morning, leave your workout clothes, leave visual cues. That's advice that I've got from Atomic Habits. Great book. I read it in like 2020, so I don't really remember, but I do remember visual cues or something that really helps. And also for me, not skipping out on a habit just because I'm lazy. Sometimes you just have to do it. Don't think twice about it. Don't try to talk yourself out of it. If you're trying to create new habits, it needs to become a part of your routine and something becomes a part of your routine when it becomes second nature to. You don't even have to think about it. It's just something you do. That's what habits and routines are for. Routines are so that you can do like say your morning routine for example. I'll just refer to the morning routine again. You have a morning routine in place so that you don't have to think twice about it and use any extra brain power. You just are on go mode and you know what to do. And so the more you do your new habits over time they're not going to be new anymore because it's just going to be part of you, part of your routine. So you just have to keep doing it. And that was all the questions that i'm going to answer today i hope that this advice was helpful hopefully some of it resonated if it didn't that's okay take what you need from this episode take what you want and if you want to be a part of future episodes definitely follow the podcast instagram it's at my mind pod i just did a podcast photo shoot recently got some super cute new fun fresh content so that'll be getting posted Over the next few weeks i'm really excited about it So if you want to go give it a follow i'd really appreciate that it helps this podcast out a lot Thanks for spending the last however many minutes with me. I never really know because it says one thing On my device that I record this on But then I always end up like editing a lot out Because i'm like I overthink it or I just have like two minute long pauses But you'd never know because if I left that in that would just be like really weird So I actually don't know how long this episode is going to be, but I assume it's going to be a long one because I'm already recording for a while. So thanks for spending your time with me. I hope you enjoyed. And that was all the advice on my mind.